Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode 198 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. Happy Thanksgiving, Turkey Day. It's Turkey It's Turkey Week right now. This is going to come out way after Turkey Week, but uh, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, enjoyed your family time. Enjoyed all the good things. Yeah. And football. Had a couple of beers, maybe. Had a couple of beers. Enjoy some football. That's right. Football is a good thing to do on Turkey Day. The when so at our house we get up we we make a, like a special breakfast, and then we put on the parade, mm-hmm. and then we watch the Westminster Dog Show, and then we watch football all afternoon. Nice. Except for like, the Westminster from, Dog Show, I'm good with the rest of that. The dog show is kind of fun to watch because it's like, <laughs> oh, look at those cute dogs. It's the same dogs every year, but it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, that'd be a cool dog to have. And you look over and see the dogs you actually have, and like. Nah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so uh, I feel about my kids sometimes. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> See the kids you could have, and then you look over at your kids and you're like, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh man. So this week this week we're gonna um we're gonna drink some beer and talk about the Bible because that's what we always do. That's right. I feel like you were about to say something and I cut you off. I wasn't. <laughs> It's okay, been good. a long week, um, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I about to say, it's only Tuesday, because it is Thanksgiving week. We're not going to record on Thanksgiving, because we're not crazy people. That's um, right. So we're recording. It may be just a little off. I am exhausted, like mentally, physically. Yes. Um, I feel like somewhat emotionally uh, just... <laughs> it, it's drained. Just some, I'm drained, dude. And it's <laughs> it was like rainy and cold here today, and it just Ooh. like feels... It feels sad. It just feels like a like a... <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> not good time. Like the weather just um, kicked a puppy or something like that. Base, it does <laughs> kind of feel like that. Oh man! So, uh, so tonight we're gonna drink some beer. We're gonna get into. We're gonna. Uh, James is the next book in our study, so we're that's uh, right. We're gonna get into James uh, here in a little bit, but let's review some beer, Anthony. Yes, looks like we're both. We're, I just realized we're both going back to a couple uh, some old breweries. Um, yes, we are. Or brewers we've been to before. I'll say it that way. Um, yes. So what are you drinking? So I have from the Goat Island Brewing Company in Coleman, Alabama. Uh, this is a holiday beer. And I'm going to try to say this right. Christ Kindle Mart. Maybe. That's what we're going with. Christ Kindle Mart. It's a Christmas beer. Um, and it says that it is beautiful, hazy, straw-colored beer. That has a dense white creamy head with a sweet citrus mm. aroma and a fresh creamy mouthfeel. This thing, like, if this is uh if this is basically like all of the good Christmas flavors that you love wrapped into a beer, I might be real happy. 
it looks cool. I know the mm. the can has this like little German town on it. I guess that's I don't cool. Know if that's a German town or not, but it looks like a snow globe. It yeah, yeah. Actually, it looks like no, hold up, hold it up again. It looks like you know those like porcelain towns that you can buy. Yes, like those like you get like the church and the schoolhouse, and you get and they're all covered in snow and they look all Christmasy. Yep. That's what it kind of looks like. Yep. So it's a Christmas beer, and as we're after post Thanksgiving, I'm assuming this is acceptable beer to drink now. Christmas beer uh, comes in at 4.5 percent ABV and 13 IBUs. So I'm kind of liking the low IBUs on it. Yeah. Uh, for the record, any beer you can get at a, any store any time of the year is acceptable to drink on here. True that. True that. If I you want to come a, out in July, <laughs> if you well, if you want to dr- if you want to drink a Christmas beer in July, you are more than welcome to do. Which, that. for the record, it is November now. It's like the end of November, and I have yet to see Hershey's Yingling uh, in the in the stores. I need to go to the stores. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been too. So. I don't think I've seen. Got to get either. me a pack of that because that's my that's my staple at Christmas time every year. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, and I'm getting a little worried because I haven't seen anything on like Yingling's Twitter or anything. They usually post about that. That's true. They do. So where are you at, Yingling? Help us out. Yeah. Hashtag Where's the Hershey's? Where's the Hershey's? <laughs> All right. So while Anthony's looking that up. Um, I'll talk about my beer. What you got for us? I am drinking. I'm going back to Prairie Artisan Ales. I've had a couple of them, mainly because that's they the package store closest to my house has a lot of Prairie. I think this may be the last one that I've I'll be able to get there. Um, But I have the Tiny S's um, Sour Ale with fruit candy flavor. Um, Comes in at five and a half ABV. The can so. This may be after your time, Anthony, but when you were in like middle school, high school, did people draw those like gang S's everywhere? Oh, yeah, where you do the three lines, the three lines, and you like, yeah, connect so them. look at this can right here. It has those S's oh, that's on crazy. it. Yeah. Nice. So that's awesome. Um, I don't know if I'm like affiliated with a gang now or something, but. Um, <laughs> PrairieAles.com has this beer um, described as um, our most highly anticipated release for full distribution. This beer has been an absolute smash hit in the tap room. It's a sour ale made with ma- sour. Ugh. It's a sour ale made with rainbow chewy candy. Very delightful and perhaps our highest rated sour ale ever. So I just I'm very excited about this, mainly because like, um, like the sour patch one that they did. Mm-hmm. Was that them? I feel like that was yeah, them. Yeah, they did the they did the well they had the rainbow sherbet. Yeah, they had that one. Patches Street was them too. Patches Street, yeah. Um and, and I really like that one. And um I don't know. Prairie Prairie is has not let me down too much yet. I don't remember. I would remember if they did. Yeah. Um they let's see here. I'm scrolling back through so there is a four and a half, there's four and a half, there's five there's duh that's a five there's that's a five i mean it's like they've consistently performed at the at the peak of beer production right on the beer survival podcast if that matters to them at all i don't know if it does (laughs) but um they're based in McAllister, oklahoma i don't think i said that um but yeah so i'm drinking a a sour ale with fruit flame 
fruit candy flavor. I can't talk tonight. I don't, and I've had, I've had nothing to drink. So let's change that. Let's drink some beer. Let's do it. Let's drink some beer. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. That was weird. It was like a double open. Yeah, I heard. I don't know if you could hear mine, but I actually heard yours kind of pop a little bit. That's two weeks in a row you've been able to hear mine after not being able to hear it for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That smells like gummy bears. Oh, that's cool. Like, it smells like gummy bears. I hope that's what it is. So I've got to search what a wit beer is. A wit? Yeah, W-I-T. Because this huh. is, uh, apparently it's a wit. So it's a Belgian-style wit beer. is brewed using unmalted wheat, sometimes oats and malted barley. Wit beers are spiced with coriander and orange peel. Mm. So there you go. Similar to a wheat, but not quite. Maybe that's why they just call it a wit. Yeah, maybe so. It smells different, though. That's what I was like. I got to figure out what this is. This thing, I mean, it smells like I opened a bag of gummy bears and just shoved my face in it. That's what it smells (laughs) like. That's amazing. Well, let's drink some beer and see how they taste. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Holy crap. <laughs> can I say that? Sure you can. Oh, sounds like that's a five Luther. I don't know if it is. I've got a lot to process. Like I have a lot to process, so I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> well, the good news is I think I can go because I don't know. This is interesting. So they call. That's, I'm trying that's to usually re-read. not good when you say that's yeah, interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> Sweet citrus aroma and fresh creamy mouth feel. The multi flavor is accentuated with hints of citrus and spice, with a spritzy crisp finish. So, number one, it does not taste like Christmas in a can. That's that's a little letdown for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not that's that I've under like I don't know what Christmas in a can is supposed to taste like, but 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 that's I mean, did it say Christmas in a can somewhere? No, it didn't say that. I just I I am I, I suggested that onto the onto the can. Ah, uh, that's that's what I wanted to get out of it. Well, that, that that's your fault. <laughs> you isogeted and exogeted. That's your problem. <laughs> um, this is different. Like it's. I can definitely see where it's similar to a wheat beer, mm-hmm. but it's like a wheat beer with not quite as much flavor. Um, it's kind of just like a, a little bland version of a blue moon or something. Okay. Um, it's got the texture of a of a blue moon. Um, maybe a little bit lighter than that. Um, I don't know. It's it's not terrible. It's not bad, but it's also not what I, I would classify as good. Um, it's just got a kind of uh, a humdrum flavor. I mean, when, when I, I guess I was expecting like a sweet citrus aroma and like I was expecting this kind of tartish almost type of, of taste with the fruity kind of tart citrusy flavor. Um, 
I don't know, maybe the maybe the way that they brew it kind of offsets that a little bit because it's just everything about it kind of feels like it's flat. Mm. I guess. Um there's nothing like they talk about a spritzy crisp finish, not there. For me, it's not. Does it say on the can when it was canned? Let's look. Um 10 30 23. No, so it's like less than a month. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, if it sat on the shelf for a year, then that would explain it. Yeah. <laughs> if it was 22's batch that they couldn't sell. <laughs> um, but it, the flavor's okay. It's not my favorite. Um, I'm a little let down that it's not the as crisp and, and spritzy as they claim it mm-hmm. to be. Um I'll give it I'll give it three Luthers out of five. I'll give it three. It's okay. not bad. Um I mean you could drink it. Um I'll I'll probably the five of these that I have will probably remain in my uh refrigerator long past Easter and then I'll probably get rid of them somewhere. <laughs> I think we need to coordinate our like when we do a massive like pour out just so we can like reminisce about the stuff that we didn't like or didn't like enough to drink ever again. I think that'd be mm-hmm. fun. Cause, cause sometimes I'll have like, it'll take me like 20 minutes sometimes to pour everything out just from <laughs> like, cause you buy a six pack and you drink one or two yeah. of them. And my beer fridge is the furthest away and still in my house <laughs> that it can be. And sometimes I just don't want to track up there to get something, man. Dude, you should just open your window in your office and just throw them out like into the street. <laughs> I don't know if that would be okay. There's kids, not just my kids. There's kids in this neighborhood. And there's a tree out there right outside my window. They're tossing oh. that problem. Boo. <laughs> so, man, that's disappointing. I hate that. It is a little cause, disappointing. Because the Goat Island, like, I didn't particularly like, I think, the one that I had, but you've really enjoyed them so far every time you've yes. had Yes. Yes, it, which the the blood orange was the first one I had from them, right? And it was like it's still one of my favorites. Like I'll go back and buy it um, every now and then, still to this day. And if mm. I see it on tap, it's real. It's better on tap than it is out of the can. That checks out. Um, the blood orange Berliner Weiss, it's mm-hmm. really good. But yeah, this one's this one's just not doing it for me. So it's it's only a three Luther beer for me. Man, I'm sorry. It'll be okay. All right. So I got to know tiny S's gummy bears. Holy crap. So <laughs> it is insanely sweet. It checks out. I mean, it tastes like you left a bag of gummy bears in the truck in the summer mm-hmm. and then just stuck a straw in the bag. Oh, nice! And like it, it's that, <laughs> it is that, and just and just drank the liquefied gummy bears. Like it is that sweet. Um, so sours typically have like a uh, like a very unique aftertaste, mm-hmm. and I think the sweetness of the candy flavor is like taming that a little bit but i almost missed that sour like that sour flavor and texture yeah um it's very very good like i am i have seen this in the package store in multiple package stores 
probably for six months. And I haven't ever, obviously haven't ever had it. And now I'm glad mm-hmm. I got it. This this will be one I go back to for sure. Um, the flavor is is really, really good. If you like gummy bears, gummy fruit, candies, um, this will be right up your alley. Um, I think I have to give it five Luthers because my initial like my initial reaction to it was like, wow, this is like blowing my mind right now. Yeah. So I think I have to give it five Luthers because of that. And it, and it because- is very, and it is very, very good. So Prairie is um, the last two I've had from them have gotten five Luthers because of the pumpkin pie one I had a few weeks yeah. ago, got five Luthers. So, so yeah, tiny S is nice. going to get five Luthers for me tonight. So is that one officially a sour? It says sour ale on the can. All right, because I have searched and the fresh market down the street from me has what's called the sour mix pack. And I want to find out if it's in there because I want to try that thing now. Is it a prairie mix pack or is it like just multiple breweries? Yes, it's it's prairie ales mix pack. Like I went to their website to try to find it. Okay. And it's funny because you can click on a play. Their their website's really cool, by the way. <laughs> oh, their website. As you were dope. talking, I was I was looking it up, and like you can click on a place, and it'll tell you what they have. Mm. So like, I can click on the Piggly Wiggly, and ooh, all right, they have it. They have the sour mix pack at the Piggly Wiggly too. So rainbow sherbet, spicy pickle monster, seasick crocodile, rhinestone rancher. Like it, it tells you all the ones. Yeah, they have a pickle one, a spicy oh, pickle. I gotta find that. I I've wanted, I've seen it, and I've wanted to try it. Maybe I will. Well, if you get it, in a, maybe I'll do that, that pack, one for two hundred. Well, if you get it in like that pack of stuff, like seasick crocodile, you liked a lot. Um, I did like, yeah, and rainbow sherbet, rainbow sherbet. I mean, there's two of those right there that you like. I think you would like this if it's if they have S's. one called vanilla berry squeeze. Mm. Don't you threaten? Are me we going to just time? become the? Are we just going to become the Prairie Prairie Ales podcast? <laughs> hey, Prairie Artisan, if you need two bozos to review beers and do a podcast for you, let us know. <laughs> We're available. <laughs> we are willing and available, not just available. <laughs> That's was right. Gra- what's great is that would only take like twenty minutes to do. That's right. <laughs> Drink the beer and give it five and move on. <laughs> We'd have to come up with a different rating system for that altogether. <laughs> but all right. So uh, Goat Island Brewing, uh, Chris Kindle Mart. Christ Kindle Mart. Is that what you said? Christ, Christ Kindle, Chris Kindle. I don't know. Christ Christ Kindle Mart. Christ Kindle Mart getting uh, three Luthers out of five from Anthony tonight. And the Tiny S's Sour Ale from Prairie Artisan getting five out of five for me. Um, coming in hot um, from the top rope. And uh, there's our beer review for the week. And tonight, after this short break, we are going to dive into the book of James. We're going to keep rocking and rolling. We're getting close to the end of the study. We're, uh, m- well, I don't want to say we will make it, but we may make it by the end of the year, but we may not. So um, book of James is tonight. So stick around. We'll be right back after the short break to dive into our study on the book of James. 
Welcome back to this week's episode. Uh, like I said before, we're going to be going through the book of James tonight. So let's dive right in. We've uh, had our beer, and now we're doing our uh, Bible. So um, right into James. Uh, the book of James is a short set of letters um, that emphasize Christian living and all that goes along with it. Um, you know, some of the things that James is going to talk about is um, how to endure hardship, um, uh, what responsible Christian living looks like, um, and then there's going to be this really special like concern that James is going to have that followers of Christ practice what they say they believe and that mm-hmm. they also live together in harmony. So um, a lot is going to go on in this very short book. Um, and so – but there – I mean James is probably – James is probably my favorite book in in, in all the Bible. I and, and I think it's just because there's so much in it that's like we need to live out and flesh out on a day to day basis and and be reminded of. So, um, yeah, it's written by uh, James, the brother of Jesus. Um, this is questioned whether or not like a lot of the letters. So like a lot of the letters that we've gone through the last few weeks the authorship has been kind of questioned um so there's you know it says james um it opens with james a servant of of christ but it could be several there's a yeah. few different james it could be but um many believe some believe it was written by jesus's brother james Others believe it was written. There's other James that could have been. Um, so just take that for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> another one where the date's kind of unknown, but it's written sometime between um, the f- uh, 40s and 90s AD. Um, it, a lot of that depends on who wrote it, which James wrote it. Um, it was probably on the earlier end of that range rather than on the later end. Um this is written from the church in Jerusalem to the diaspora, um, which is those who uh, have been dispersed from Jerusalem. Um, yeah. So um, they're not in Jerusalem anymore, but they were in Jerusalem. Um, not really sure what prompted the letter, really. That's, you know, if you look at the letters of Paul, there's very clear, like, this is why Paul is writing the letter to who he's writing the yeah. letter to. Um, not really sure what old, like why James is writing this letter, but the themes that we're going to go through here in a little bit um, are going to be things that were necessary for that church to hear for, yeah. um, for those believers to hear rather. So, um, and again, it's applicable to us as well. Um, so the, there's really four major emphasis here. Um, what practical faith looks like in the life of a believer, um, the that we are to have joy and patience when we're in the midst of trials, um, what the nature of true Christian wisdom looks like, and um, you missed one of the notes. I can't believe it. Um, there's going to be attitudes attitudes of the rich toward the poor is also in, oh, in yeah. James, and then um, what the proper use of the tongue and abuse of the tongue looks like 
So, mm-hmm. um, so there's really five emphasis there. Um, so that is just kind of the, you know, the setting, setting the foundation here to get started with our walkthrough James. So Anthony, why don't you give us some advice on how to read the book of James? Sure. Um, so kind of from the outset, you're going to notice that James is actually a little difficult to read. Um, if you've ever studied James, you know this to be true. Um, when I was in seminary, I actually took a class um, on New Testament Greek where we had to translate the book of James. And it was like the the Greek in James is actually very well polished um, and written very well, but it jumps around a lot. Um, and so you have these quick kind of turns and topic changes and just a lot of stuff happening. I mean, James chases rabbit trails almost as bad as we do on the podcast. So, um, you know, maybe that's why you like James. I don't know. Martin Luther would disagree with you. He hated James. <laughs> he, he called it an epistle of straw. Um, but, uh, but you know, the majority of the content, like you talked about, is going to be centered around or focused on this idea of Christian living, what how Christians should live in the world around them. Um, and that's going to that's going to lead to necessarily a very, very practical application of the book of James, mm-hmm. um, which is why a lot of people do like James, because it feels like a very like, yes, I understand this. I can I can practice this i know what to do with this instead of this being yeah. like this deep doctrinal like what do i do i got to struggle with this it, james is just it's very cut and dry um almost like the book of first john uh where where james is you know he's going to talk about don't show favoritism if you do show favoritism you're probably not of god you know it's that that kind of concept where you where you look at like first john where he's like yeah if you don't take care of the widows and orphans you're going to hell um, and so it's, it's this real, almost like dichotomous binary, uh, that you see in, uh, in the book of James a lot of times. And because of that, it's going to feel a little bit like a sermon, you know, it's, you have the, and, and I think this is where a lot of times preachers get taken out, like they'll say something and they don't necessarily mean it like A or B, but it's like, all right, here's A and here's B and you've got to navigate between them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times that's how James is going to come off. It's going to feel like a here's A and here's B and these are your two options. And so it's going to have this sermon-esque uh, feel to it a lot of times. And, and so, but along with that that sermonesque feel you the i think the biggest kind of key point to remember about the book of james is that it is it is one that is not written directly to an individual mm-hmm. um it's it, nowhere in the book <clears throat> there's not an individual church that's in mind there's not an individual person that's in mind nothing about the book itself is individualistic it is very corporate it is very uh, community based. Um, you know, you talked about it coming from the church in Jerusalem. That's where it was written from. And so that's probably where the application began. But going to the diaspora, I mean, you're hitting people in all kinds of contexts mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, and they're all having their own independent struggles. But the, 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 uh, I guess exhortation is to do this, live this certain way. And so 
regardless of your context, James is calling you to live a very specific way, mm-hmm. uh, which is that focus on on Christian living. And so um, the concern here is going to be less with like personal piety, uh, personal religious uh, feelings and personal religious uh, opinions and more towards uh, faith-grounded communities, communities that come together and say, we are bond bound together in our common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, you, you know, we're going to get to here in just a little bit, we're going to get to some things where people say that James contradicts Paul, uh, James chapter 2 and Romans chapter 4. Um, and And so when we get to that, understand that, we're writing to two different contexts from two different vantage points. And it's not that Paul and James are coming at each other when the reality is they're probably standing back to back fighting out to the world that is around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so keep that in mind and and just keep that as kind of your, your grounding point as we walk through the book of James, because there's going to be some times where you're going to be like, hang on a second. That's different than what this guy says. And it's not that it's different. It's not different. It's a different context, which mm-hmm. gives us different interpretation, which leads to different application. Right. Okay. And so, but but all in all, Scripture is God-breathed. Scripture does not contradict itself. And so mm-hmm. that's going to be key, and it's going to be uh, kind of one of the pivotal pieces of advice that we have to take into the book of James uh, to really understand how to apply it consistently uh, as part of Scripture as a whole. So... That gets us some advice. Let's start walking through this thing. It's a short book. Uh, so let's start walking through and see what we can come up with. Sure. So um, we're going to start here. James is going to give a salutation. Um, it's very letter, like very standard letter types out. He, he introduces himself and who he's writing to. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's like, hey, I'm James to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. Yeah, here we go. Um, so he's going to encourage believers to endure trials with joy and view them as opportunities for spiritual growth. And I think if there's a, if I could pinpoint like, uh, three verses that show that the prosperity gospel is, I'm going to get, like, I'm going right. I'm getting right into it. Anthony, I'm sorry. You're you're usually the one. So if there's three (laughs) verses in the Bible that, um, can show, can, prove the prosperity gospel to be false i think it's these three right here consider it a great joy my brothers whenever you experience various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing james doesn't say if you go through trials or you know maybe you will maybe you won't but he says whenever you go through trials oh yeah I think what James is saying here is that the Christian life is not always sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's like uh, like life is just life and you're mm-hmm. like everyone is going through something. You know, if you're. Yes, I, I know it's kind of cliche to say it, but like everyone, you know. No one lives on the mountaintop. No one lives in the valley. Everyone is on the way one way or another. You know, like you're yeah. on your way up or on your way down, um, but you're not going to stay in either place for long. And so um, James here is saying, look, it, you're going to go through stuff that's hard, but there's a purpose for it. It, it's, it produces mm-hmm. endurance. It tests your faith. 
um, and it makes you stronger. You know, if you're training to run, you're not just going to go out and run 15 miles on the first day. You have to build up your endurance to get to that. Yep. Um, That's exactly right. Same thing, same thing here. As you're going through your Christian faith, as you're going through your walk as a Christian, I should say, like the things you go through early on in your in your faith are what you'll look back on later on in life and be like, oh, I was tested then. I was tested for what I'm going through now, 5, 10, 15 years ago. And yeah. so um, I think that's what James is trying to say here. Um, and so, yeah, whenever you go through trials is is like those few words right there are like run through my mind all the time. Whenever I hear someone saying any, like, anything about like everything should be good, everything should be great. Like sometimes things are good and great. And I'm not saying that it can't ever it can't be that way. But sometimes it's not. And we as believers, we have a unique perspective to be able to say, I'm going through something now for a greater purpose than what I can see. And so um, James is also going to emphasize the importance of seeking God's wisdom in the midst of challenges. Um, So it's not just like your own personal endurance, but also that God is going to give you the wisdom to get through whatever it is Mm -hmm. you're going through, whether it's a challenge at home or work um, with your kids or your spouse, like whatever it may be, God is going to give you the wisdom to get through that, but you've got to seek that wisdom out. He's not just going to give it to you blindly. Yeah. I mean, he could because he's God, but you know, there's some like, this, this is dangerous. This is a dangerous thing to say, but like, you have to do some of the work in order for God to like, you have to do the seeking for God to be, to give you the thing yeah. to give you the wisdom. Well, the Bible says seek and you shall find. I mean, that, that was the, the words of Jesus seek and you shall find. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's no, no Christian that I know of, no doctrine, no theologian that I know of teaches that God just dispenses knowledge as you know oh you you have the knowledge and and, the, and it's not like i mean it's everybody has to has to work and i mean even paul said it but the the point is that you're not working for your glory you're not working for your own knowledge you're you're in your work you're seeking to be a better more sanctified version of who Christ has called you to be seek and you yeah. shall find, you know, um, it, I, it, I, I know, I know what you're saying. And, and it's not that we add anything to our salvation or it's, it's not anything like that. It's, but what it is, is as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that's going to continue to push us to grow even more. And it should, yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the proper outflow of, I have been given grace. I want to steward the grace. I want to turn it back around and then I want to receive more and steward that grace and turn it back around and receive more. And it's this circular, circular thing that continues to grow in the life of every believer. And it's a process called sanctification. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. So, so that gets us through most of chapter one. And then from there to the end of chapter two, James is going to talk about putting faith into practice. Um, he's going to stress this practical application of faith, um, urging believers to be doers 
of the word and not just hearers. Um, and then this is where he's going to get into uh, warning against favoritism, um, emphasize that genuine faith is expressed through works. Again, like what Anthony just said, you're not working for your faith, but you're working from your faith. Yes. Is, is, is I think how I would say that. Um, and so it's not a, we don't, we're not working to gain the approval of God. We are, and in work, like working as the verb there has always bothered me because it always has that, like, well, I've got to try to do whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess that's the <clears throat> best word to use. But, you know, so you're not working to gain the approval of God, but because you've been given the approval of God already, you want to do the work that he's called you to do or, you know, you're not just doing things to cross them off a list. You're doing things because you want to know God more. You want to know, go deeper into your relationship with him yeah. and into the knowledge of, of what he has for you. So, um, it gets very, like, I think that's where the book of James gets a little tricky when you start talking about, um, your genuine faith being expressed through works yeah, can kind of get kind of, that's where the, like the, the trickiness of that because of the, because of, because just because of the phrasing, I think is, is what mm -hmm. probably is, is the biggest, uh, hiccup for people. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then the rest of chapter two, um, is going to explore the relationship between faith and works. We kind of talked about that already. That's going to emphasize that both are essential components of a vibrant Christian life. Um, and here James is focused more on the, uh, um, the community aspect of faith and not the more individual aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Anthony talked about before, James isn't contradicting Paul here. Paul is more writing toward the individual and James is more writing to the group as a whole. And yeah. so you're not going to say the same thing to one person that you would say to a group of even 10 people or 20 people. Like you can like the, what the group is doing is like the goals of the group are not the same as the goals of the individual or yeah. as the goal of the individual. Well, and so and just kind of, uh, let me add one thing to that. And, and also like, remember that Paul wrote to a church. So like, even when we're talking about, you know, you, you may be thinking like individual as a person, an individual can also be an individual church. Yeah. And Paul yeah. wrote to the Romans, the church in Rome, and Paul wrote to the Corinthians, you know, the church in Corinth versus what James is doing here. He's writing to the church, capital C, the church. And yeah. so it's all of those churches involved. And so that, you know, that kind of gives it a little bit broader perspective of just a, you know, one person versus a hundred people. Or we're talking mm -hmm. about one church, which could be a couple of hundred people versus the church, which is going to be at this point, thousands and thousands of people. Right. It, I mean, it so, starts it starts with two of the 12 tribes in the dispersion. So it's not even like it's 12 tribes that they're not even close together. So it, like we like we were talking about, we've talked about the yeah. last couple of mm -hmm. weeks, your one church is dealing with, you know specific like the church in rome is spilling is 
dealing with specific things to that church. Yeah. Whereas James is writing to all the churches in all of the dispersion, like so mm-hmm. their goal, his his end goal is much different than Paul's. Paul's is very specific, like this is why I'm writing the letter. This is you know what what I've heard and what I've you know what I've told you and remember and all this stuff. And James is having has a much wider audience with a much different goal than what Paul was doing. And yeah. <clears throat> I loved your analogy of like they're not contradicting each other, but they're like standing back to back, almost like talking to different people or definitely yeah. talking, definitely talking James, maybe to the same people, but like talking to different people about different things is, is yeah. maybe the better way to put that. So there's no contradiction here. It can feel like it maybe, but it's not there. So, um, nope. so that gets us through chapter two and Anthony, why don't you take us through the rest of the book? Sure. So um, in chapter three, he's going to pick up this uh, concept of dissension in the community. <clears throat> Again, we've talked about the whole shifting of of, uh, of topics and, and rabbit trails and things in James. And so he does it right here. Um, this point right here might be a really good spot to go back to James chapter one, because these two are going to tie together one specifically versus like 19 through 27. Uh, so go back and look at those as you get into this section here. But here what's happening is James is going to address the power of the tongue and he's going to caution against the potential harm that it can cause. And he's going to urge believers to use their words wisely. Now, um, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you've probably heard me say, you can say the right thing in the wrong way and still be wrong because the way you say something is almost more important than what you actually said. Mm -hmm. Um, the words that you use, the way that you describe it, you can be communicating something that is right, but if you communicate it the wrong way, you're not being an effective communicator. And so um, Paul, I'm sorry, Paul, James is going to lay out the power that the tongue actually has at the beginning of chapter three here. And he's going to discuss the dangers that jealousy, selfish ambition, worldly attitudes, all these things that spur from the tongue. Okay. These attitudes spur from the tongue. The way that you say something is the way that you carry yourself. And, you know, I have these conversations with my kids all the time. They'll say something. I'll be like, why did you say that that way? Usually I'm like, why'd you say it like that? You know, I I do the Mm -hmm. same thing they do. I'm, I'm not any better. Um, but but it's like they'll say something and and I know they don't mean it to be rude or insensitive, but I, I just have to have I have to let the dad come out in me and say, OK, you have to learn how to say something the right way. You have to learn how to mm-hmm. communicate to people so that you don't basically tick them off just by the way that you said it, not really in what you said, but the way right. that you said it, because people will interpret your language the way yeah. that you say something. They interpret and so, tone just as much as they interpret what you say. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so James is going to hit on that. Um, and and to kind of pile on to that at the at the beginning of chapter four, he's going to emphasize humility, submission to God, resistance to the culture, resistance to worldly pressures, all of these things that we should be seeing Christians doing on a daily basis. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there there is a there is a group of Christians today that are gaining some prominence in some circles. Um, and they have this very bombastic, like 
I'm going to take you down. I'm going to argue you into the ground mentality. Um, and they say they they say things like the time for winsomeness has gone, has passed, and and it's you know it's time for war and it's time for you know we just need to fight and we need to do this and um, with without giving them too much credit, um, I just I, I just feel like you know I need to say right here this right here directly contradicts almost everything that they stand for. Um, because the book of James and really tie it to the book of first Peter and the book of first John and the gospels specifically, um, all of those contradict their worldview because they want to say that their worldview is based in the Bible and it is absolutely not. Their worldview is based in an old Testament reading where Israel had to capture the promised land. And they're saying that we need to be like that now. And no, that's done. That was finished. If we had to go back and capture things, then Jesus's cry, uh, death on the cross was not sufficient, mm-hmm. and and it 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 just slaps the face of Christ on the cross when you say things like that. If if we have to go back and do something the way the Old Testament had it done, it's not that we've gotten rid of the Old Testament, but but if we can't learn from the Old Testament and the ways that it was, the ways that those things happen and say, man, I'm so glad that all of that is fulfilled in Christ and now we can do that this other way. If you can't take that approach, then you're not taking the whole counsel of God. You're mm-hmm. focusing on something that that you want to take and you want to build your worldview out of, mm-hmm. and it's a worldview that is contrary to what Scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it, if if you followed it at all, you probably know who I, you know, the, the group that I am talking about. But but it's it, it's important for Christians for us to understand that it doesn't matter how much the world hates us and how much the world spits at us and how much the world marginalizes us and how much the world tells us we're stupid and backwoods. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much that happens. We are called to be people of humility. We are called to be people who watch our language. We are called to be people who use our tongue for glorification and for edification, Mm -hmm. not for tearing down, not for destruction. Um, but, But you also have to understand what James teaches us right here is that the tongue is the most powerful part of the human body. He calls it like a rudder on a ship where just one little thing can sway a huge ship in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, to to see that analogy that James is drawing it, it that the power that the tongue holds and realize that the words that you say affect deeply what people view you as, how they view you, what kind of person they view you as. Are you a person of integrity or do you just run your mouth? Are you a hothead or are you humble? You know, which one is it? Because scripture specifically calls us to be humble, submissive to God, and and still at the same time stand against what the world world is standing for. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe it was Jesus that told his disciples to be as shrewd as serpents, but as soft as doves. You know, uh, and, and it's that that's the the concept of is you're not a pushover, mm-hmm. but you're also not a, a war like this gladiator who's just going to jump and pile on people and just beat them into into submission. That's not right. what we are. It's mm-hmm. not what we're called to be. So a little diatribe there and we'll get back on track here. Um, 
but but understand that as we round out chapter four, we we get it to the end of chapter four and on into chapter five. He's going to turn this back to what he talked about at the beginning of chapter two, where he's going to go back to the rich and the poor. Okay, mm-hmm. um, this section directly is related to wealth, warning the rich people um, specifically against material possessions, uh, materialism things, because a lot of times when we do works, we can get material rewards, and we tend to have our foundation or our, Mm -hmm. we find our identity in those, in those material possessions. And it's not about what you have. It's not about what you own, you know, all things belong to God and we need to remember that. And so James is going to encourage patience. Um, again, going back to the idea of suffering and injustice, we're going to face it, and we have to have patience toward that. He's going to point us right here. He's going to point us back to the example of Job. And I think I've probably pointed to Job a hundred times on this podcast because anybody who, uh, to kind of build on your point about prosperity gospel, anybody who wants to argue the prosperity gospel with me, I'll, I, I give them two things that they need to go read about. Number one, they read in, need to go read the book of Job about five times through. Front to cover to cover, chapter one to chapter 42, read it about five times through and then tell me how you feel about that. And also go study the first hundred years of church history. Mm-hmm. The first hundred years is all it takes for you to realize that the prosperity gospel is the biggest load of bleepity bleepity bleeps that could ever exist in with the name a gospel attached to it. And, and, and it's, it's useless. It's, antithetical to the gospel. It's antithetical to what scripture teaches. It's a heresy. I'll say it. It's a heresy. And people who believe it are not putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Mm. So um, off, off of that diatribe now. Um, but we're going to go at the at the end of our, our middle of chapter five. He's going to emphasize the importance of relying on God. Again, he's tying this back to he's coming out of um, the wealthy and the rich in their material possessions. If they're not relying on their material possessions, obviously their their uh, reliance has to be on God um, through these times of difficulty, through times of uh, grumbling and judgment against others. Sometimes we just don't feel like, you know, being encouraging to people. Sometimes we just, you know, you've had those days. And so uh, it's those days where we need to have extra reliance on God. And that's what James yeah. is teaching us right here uh, in chapter five. And uh, were you going to say something right there? Nope. Okay. So wrapping up chapter five here, wrapping up the book, uh, he's going to give a few more concluding uh, exhortations. Um, and he's going to, again, he's going to focus on integrity. He's going to focus on honesty. He's going to focus on the power of prayer. Um, he's going to emphasize, um, the effectiveness of fervor and righteous prayer. This is where, uh, James says the, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes. Mm. I'm going back to my old King James roots there. Um, and, and he's going to, uh, give Elijah as an example, you know, he's going to talk about how Elijah called down rain and how Elijah caused it to, to not rain because of his prayer. Um, he encourages believers to support one another. He's again, this is the community aspect of what we see in James. It's, it's about reliance on each other, not reliance on the world, not reliance on what the world gives us. And we find this reliance in our community by confessing and praying one and en- to one another for healing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so and I, I want to take just a quick second and talk because we you and I talked just a couple of weeks ago about discipleship um, and what discipleship looks like in the church and and I think this right here this this 
end of chapter five in James is a good example of what discipleship does. It's where people come together, they confess their sins to each other, and they say, you're broken. That's awesome. I'm broken too. Here, you know, you confess these things that you, that you didn't get right. And you say, all right, you know, let's encourage each other this week to do those things better this week. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a mutual edification between believers in Christ that says, I'm here for your good. You're here for my good. Let's build each other up in Christ. And and so that's what we see right here at the end of chapter five. And then the book is going to close with the reminder uh, of the, the importance of turning back to uh, to those who have wandered from the truth. There's going to be people who wander away. And we need to draw them back. We need to do everything we can to draw them back, mm-hmm. to bring them back into the faith um, and and pray for them. And and all of this, again, goes back to this community aspect of, of uh, what James is teaching us right here. So that was kind of a whirlwind. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But that is the book of James. Um, it's a short book. It's five chapters. Um, I do. I hope you read it. Read it all the way through. And enjoy it. It is a great book. I, I also uh, disagree with Martin Luther. I do not think it is an epistle of straw. I think it is a fantastic book, uh, which, by the way, later Martin Luther did. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did come back to being like, okay, fine. It is a good book, and it has very good practical applications. But Martin Luther was so uh, hell-bent on his, like, everything has to be woe is me and bad and and not that that he didn't see the the practical applications of the book of of James. Mm. So um but we still try we still love Martin Luther for for giving us great hymns and also uh Lutheran satire. So <laughs> Sorry, I had to end on that one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Well, do you have we anything have, else, Michael? If we don't have any more diatribes, I'd like to pray for us. <laughs> Would you for, pray for us, please? Yeah. All right. So, uh, God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. And thank you for the book of James. God, thank you for the practicality that we have um, in this book. God, I pray that you just help us to trust in you when we're going through trials. I pray that you help us to just be mindful of our tongues. Um, God, I pray that you help us to um, not work for our approval from you but to work from our approval and from um your salvation god i just pray that you uh, help us to stay focused on that um and god um just everything else that we've talked about tonight i just pray that you uh, help us to keep it in the forefront of our mind um i know that there's a lot that we talked about in a very short amount of time but god i just pray that it was a fruitful conversation Um, I pray that others have been encouraged. I pray you've been glorified. Um, And I just thank you for uh, this opportunity you've given us to to get together and talk about your word and just enjoy um, good conversations. So, uh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for um, just how you continue to um, just bless and um, provide for all of our needs. And God, we just look forward to how you're going to continue to do that. And um, we look forward to what you have in store for us on next week. And we love you. And we just ask that you um, continue to uh, just do your work as you always do and always have. So, uh, Jesus, again, we love you. and pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Anthony, if our listeners want to find the Beers and Bible podcast on social medias, where would they do such a thing? 
You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore on Twitter or the X at beers and Bible P one Facebook. You can search beers and Bible podcast, and then you can email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have your comments, concerns, questions, uh, recommendations, uh, whatever you want to throw. Somebody threw us one. I think it might have been might have been a fake one. Uh, Betty Crocker uh, chocolate frosting beer. I, hey, look, Betty Crocker, if you're out there and you're listening, please, please deliver us your chocolate frosting beer. <laughs> it was um, it's Chris Walters. Yeah, he sent it. I'm I'm, I'm going to pull it up because I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, that would probably be pretty good. Colorado beer guy. He posted it. I don't know if it's real or not. Betty Crocker chocolate frosting stout. I bet that's not real. But also, who wouldn't? I would love it. I would absolutely love it. All right. So we answer that. Anyway, give us your beer suggestions. Uh, Send us uh, stuff that you like so that we can try to find it and rate it and review it here on the podcast. And uh, there you go. Until next week, I hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out. <laughs>